Alright, so today I'm going to share with you how I was making $1,192 per hour. And I was making this much money, and I felt pretty good about it too. I was making this much money working at a job that was only paying $62,000 per year. So you heard my story before where I've mentioned that I worked a lot of jobs where I felt like I was over-experienced and underpaid. Well, this was one of those jobs. And a lot of this job, it was just like menial tasks where we had to do a lot of data entry and, and things like that. And what I mean by data entry, like we're getting this data from all these different emails of people that will just send us data and they'll send it in raw form. And we will have to shape this data and make it into something usable because what we ended up doing is we would actually sell this data. This data had a lot of information power and it had a lot of value because of the information on it. So I was hired to help shape this data and all my colleagues, they would, I had two other colleagues, they would get this data in their email every single day and that was their job, right? They would look through all these emails, download all these Excel spreadsheets, arrange the data in a way where it was uniform with the rest and they would put all this data together. Well, when I came into the organization, I was pretty well versed with macros, Excel, and programming programming in Excel. So I actually built a program that did all my work for me. And when I say all my work, this means that it was collecting all the Excel spreadsheets from the emails, downloading them. It was putting them into the spreadsheet into something that I built that would, because all, all the spreadsheets that we were getting, they were all in the same format. So something that I built that would put it in a organized format. And essentially every morning, I'll just have to run this process where I'm downloading all these spreadsheets and I'll press this button and it would organize all the data for me. If people didn't send in my data, it would even send emails out to those people. So everything was like automated. And something like this is really easy to do now, but this was a little bit, I think, back in the day before people were really thinking about automations. So I automated this job, and for me, I was super proud that I built this thing, and I wanted my colleagues to try it, and I felt like, yes, like I'm going to show them, you know, I, I made this innovation, and it's going to be amazing. However, that's not the response that I got from my colleagues. My colleagues were like, we don't want to try anything new. This way has been working for us. Don't try to fix something that's not broken. And that's fair enough. And the cool thing about this job is I actually had the chance to work from home four out of the five days. And there was actually even one point where I was making, where I was working all five days. But eventually I was going in like every Friday and then every other Friday. It just really depended. I hated going into the office, though, because, I don't know, it was just not, the people in the office were cool, but they were just not my people, right? Like, they weren't my people in terms of, I want to hang out with people and go do hood rat shit, <laughs> and they weren't that type of people. So, I automated this job, and it took me about 10 minutes to run this process every single day, and if you think about the weeks where I work from home and it only took me 10 minutes each day this is like 50 minutes but if you kind of round up and make it an hour a week well then that's 52 hours a week that i'm kind of working and if i'm making sixty-two thousand dollars, only working 52 hours um per not per week i'm sorry per year 
then 62,000 divided by 52 is 1,192. And that's how I was making $1,192 per hour. And I think the point of this is a lot of people will tell you, go get a job and try to work a job. But when you, when you are innovative, you really can start creating value right away. I don't see why you would need to get a job. I mean, if you can get a job like the one that I had where you can work from home and you can do some kind of innovation where you've automated the process, then you should definitely go do that. But that's the thing. If you're skilled enough to go do something like that, if you're skilled enough to build that kind of value, then why would you want to go get a job? Especially when the other person isn't going to value your innovations in the way that you are. Because people aren't looking to innovate. They're just looking to maintain the status quo and do what they always do. And one of the reasons that I'm actually bringing this story up because I just started reading the book Delivering Happiness by Tony Sia. And Tony, I think, pronounces his name Tony Shea because um, that's like the westernized way to do it. But I'm used to saying Sia, so I'm going to say Tony Sia. And Tony describes some of his entrepreneurial traits growing up as an entrepreneur. And when Tony started working at Oracle, Tony went to Harvard and... He figured that after he got out of Harvard, while his friends were getting investment banking jobs and consulting jobs, he wanted to find the job that paid him the most while doing the least. And this is a fantastic idea. So what Tony did, Tony and his roommate Sanjay, they both went and started working in the tech industry. They got a job with Oracle. And at Oracle, he pretty much just had to run some tests every single day for data validation. And I've been there, done that, so I know exactly what this means. But the tests that he's running, they're pretty much already automated. They're already built for him. Someone already built this out for him. And he just has to run it and make sure that it was run correctly. So he calculated that he can run about three or four tests per day. And in between the tests, no one was tracking what he was doing or watching what he was doing. So in between the tests, he was actually just sitting there fiddling his thumbs for about three hours. And he enjoyed this very much because he felt like this was a very easy job and it paid a lot of money. And it gave him a lot of sanity because he got to work on things on his own time after work. However, this job was really, really boring for him. And he ended up quitting and he started working on developing websites for people. So he had like a website business, internet marketing solutions. But that's the point. If you are innovative and you're just sitting there working for someone and you're pressing a button. I mean, is that really the best use of your time? Wouldn't you rather just go start building value and not go find a job, right? Because it's so much easier to find a client than it is to find a job. You just go find some area where you can innovate, sell someone on that innovation. And that this innovation could be a service. It could be a process improvement. You sell someone on that innovation and you're starting to make money right away already. So if you are a natural born entrepreneur, then start selling right now. Put down this podcast and go sell. I'll talk to you later. This is Robin Copernicus. Boom, bam, I'm out. Hey, so if you're a 6% entrepreneur, here are four ways that I can help you right now. One, hit that subscribe button and the bell so you can always stay up to date on the latest marketing strategies and tactics from this podcast. Two, find out how much of a natural born entrepreneur you are by taking the visionary quiz at robin.ws forward slash quiz. 
three, join the Visionaries Facebook group at robin.ws forward slash group. And finally, four, if you want to join the first startup accelerator that helps you skip investor funding, then go ahead and book a call with me at robin.ws forward slash call.